Good afternoon and welcome to the latest edition of our True Blue podcast where we're discussing everything Chester FC related here at the Chester Chronicle. Joining me, Dave Powell, today at Chronicle Sports reporter Paul Wheelock and also former CFU director Jeff Banks who joins us. Um, today we're going to be discussing, obviously, last night's game against Hartlepool but more importantly the upcoming CFU meeting which is happening Thursday night at the Blues Bar which uh, it's... it's Needless to say, it's going to be probably be a few home truths told, and uh, it could be the catalyst for change. But first of all, what we're going to address is last night's one-one uh, draw with Hartlepool. Harry White salvaged a point for the Blues with 13 minutes remaining. Um, not too sure whether that point really feels like one game because it, given the fact that we uh, lost three-one to Gateshead on Saturday, one point from those two games from teams just above us probably seems like we leaving ourselves with an awful lot to do. Um, Paul, you were there last night. What was your take on the performance? Yeah, I thought it was a pretty positive performance. Uh, I think you can completely bob on. I think it was definitely two points dropped. Uh, their keeper didn't help much, did he? You know, we wish some of them yeah, saved. Particularly one from Kingsley James was a wonder save, wasn't it? But I wasn't there on Saturday against Gateshead, but it seemed like a bit of a mess again. But I didn't think any players, there was no lack of fight last night, no lack of commitment. Uh, if Chester are to go down this season, let's face it, it's looking increasingly likely. Even though it's only four points the gap, last night wasn't the reason. You know, more performances like that. I know Hartlepool aren't in a good shape on and off the field, but I think more performances like that will win your games over the course mm-hmm. of the season. It might be a too little too late, but if they play with that kind of commitment till the end of the season he might have a chance I, I didn't think it was too bad to be honest No I thought the, looking at the positive certainly um, I thought James Jones was exceptional at the back I mean 18 looking more and more assured with every game that comes you know, passes now I mean uh, Halifax when we lost 4-0 it seemed like his confidence was rattled a bit um, but he's come back and shown real real strength of character to bounce back from that and he was really really excellent last night Cut his last ditch saving tackle from Devante Rodney when he was through on goal was superb um, but Tom Crawford as well, you know, he looked an assured National League midfielder, didn't look out of place, and based on that performance, I'd be starting him ahead of some others in that squad um, this weekend at Maidenhead. Um, turning to you, Jeff, what was your take on it? I mean, looking at the, the positives, Jones and Crawford, real standouts of that. Yeah, I mean, I said the same, you know, last night after the game. I mean, the, the crunching tackle from, from Tom Crawford yeah. was, was, was brilliant. Yeah, yeah. yeah and, that's, and, and that's all, you know, I, I said that that's all we want to see. Obviously, we want to see a lot more, but, you know, that gets everybody going. And that's what's been missing, you know, mm. the, the local lads coming in, throwing themselves into challenges, um, you know, managing to stay on the pitch, um, you know, but yeah, the likes of um, James Jones as well, I mean, as you say, that tackle, you know, it was almost like a got a standing ovation as soon as that happened. Like um, a goal almost, it did, yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, I mean, I think the frustrating thing for me, and that's, that's all, that one word to describe last night is frustrating, because when we got back into that game, you know, we, we were doing all the right things in the first half, we were attacking... You know, Marnie was showing what he can do, cutting inside, unleashing shots, and you just felt one of them was going to hit the back of the net. It didn't. But when Harry got us that goal, it fired everybody up. But then we just seemed to stop. You know, and the the urgency, I think it showed at the end, where we seemed to take about two minutes to take a goal kick. Mm. You know, and uh, three minutes on the board had just gone up, and you're like, just get up. You know, send it up there. And it was for me, that was a golden opportunity to, you know, to nick the win because. You could see Hartlepool were knocked straight away as soon as that goal went in, but we didn't take advantage of it. Yeah. Obviously, their their troubles are, are well known, aren't they? So um, it was a real opportunity to to just crawl back a little bit of ground because we really lost that that chance on Saturday, that performance against Gateshead. Um, but you're looking now towards Maidenhead, and 
we, we keep on saying every game is a big, big game every single week, but you would have hoped for a, a better points return from these past few games. I mean, and while we can, you know, say performances improved last night, we're still leaving ourselves an awful lot to do. Uh, four points from safety, but we've now played a game more than Barrow. Um, but I think if we would have looked at that Halifax game last month, where after that um, we were after the guys again, we were eight points adrift. Yeah. Um, things looked really, really bleak, didn't they? Yeah. And somehow, despite not having a tremendous run of form um, the new year, that win at Ebbsfleet was key. But we've managed to, that's now, now four points, that gap, and it's still achievable if you go on a, a reasonable run of form. Because I don't think you need to go on. I remember the, the, early on this season we were saying, oh, if we're going to get back into this, we need to really have playoff form. I'm not too sure whether no. you need playoff form. Solihull seems to be stringing a few things together, but there are teams above us mm. who are in absolute freefall. Woking, Hartlepool, and you wonder whether <laughs> there's a few teams who are sitting 15th, 16th now who might end up embroiled in a real battle for it in the last couple, last couple of games of the season. So if we give ourselves a, a, a fighting chance on in the last few weeks, I think that's what we're going to be looking at now, isn't it? But um, uh, moving on to what really is the issue of the day and issue the, what's surrounding the, the football club at the moment is what's going on off the field. Um, we are at the most critical juncture of this football club's um, history since it's been reformed, I think it's fair to say. Um, off the field, it looks set like we're going to post fairly substantial losses um, for this year and some cost-cutting is probably going to be needed. we got the CFU meeting on Thursday um, and it's likely to be fairly heated and a few home truths told, but... Um, Jonathan Ledger wrote a piece in the Chronicle earlier on this week um, about how it could be kind of a catalyst for change. Um, we are where we are, but we needn't stay here, um, is the line Jonathan used. So, with that in mind, Jeff, how key is getting around the table and getting as many CFU members and voices heard on Thursday at the Blues Bar as possible? How key is that going to be to us in terms of where we move forward? Well, I mean, you know, some have referred to it as the biggest meeting since the one at the Guildhall, and you know they're not going to be wrong. Um, you know, we, we had a, a season the other year where we posted a, a quite a substantial loss and had to recover from it, and you know felt that we did recover pretty much quick, you know, quicker than what we thought. But then it's it's slid again. Um, it's obvious where where the lack of you know funds is because the you know we're losing five six hundred people a week on what was a budgeted attendance. Um, so tomorrow I think has to be completely honest and transparent for all the fans to see where it's gone wrong, um, examine the facts. Like I said, you know, everybody needs to stay calm. There's going to will be you know a lot of home truths as you say, um, but they've got to be level-headed and understand where it's gone wrong, find out why it's gone wrong, who's been responsible for it going wrong, um, and then it's it's a bit of a football cliche, but. You know, it's going to be a meeting of two, it has to be a meeting of two halves. You know, let's the board need to understand there's going to be a lot of ill feeling towards them if you know the, those substantial losses are going to be posted. Um, but then we need to have a complete think about how the club goes forward, um, whether that's changes of personnel, um, or whether it's a case of well and or um, putting plans together to, to help bring in revenue because that's what the club is going to need if it's making a massive loss it needs to have a massive injection of cash. We all know there's no white knight sitting out there. There's vultures yeah. probably sitting out there who are thinking, oh, well, hold on a minute, I might have a chance of grabbing hold of the football club again here, of you know, 
somebody wants to use it as a plaything. We didn't do what we did eight years ago just to be in this position now. Um, and I think overall tomorrow it's got to be a passionate night. You know, passionate about the club, understand where it's gone wrong, but then work together to put things right. And there has to be unity at the end of that meeting. And don't get me wrong, when we've had board meetings in the past, we've, you know, we've been a board where we had different <coughs> opinions, but we always had unity at the end of that board meeting because there'd been a full explanation, a plan put together, and you move forward with that plan. What you can't have is coming out of that meeting um, with negativity, overriding positivity. It has to be a positive end to the meeting. Otherwise, we might as well give up. I agree, and it's going to be one of those <coughs> cases where... Um, <laughs> Maybe it is. This was this was going to happen because we rode the crest of a wave to the national league, didn't we? You know, title after title under under Neil Young. Um, but since then, we've trodden water and we've been an unsuccessful national league side. And obviously, front of shop is what goes on on the pitch, isn't it? Um, and if you're not seeing winning football, um, that has an effect on gates. But this could be, like I say, we say a catalyst for change, whereby we look at ourselves in a harsher light and think realistically if we're going to be what do we want from this football club moving forward because we we moved forward so quickly didn't we Mm. unprecedented success um but now we find ourselves having to it almost feels not 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 start not like starting again but it has an air of that in terms of re-evaluating maybe what we are where we are going and how we go about more sustainable growth as opposed to scrambling to be a national league side every single season but then the wrong end. How do we address that and move on from that? What What do you think's been the kind of start of the decline, and how How do you see it returning I, I, to where it needs to be? Paul? I, I just think, as Jeff said, we need transparency, and I think what happened, what I assume happened last summer, because it should all come out tonight, cannot happen again, because I don't know whether the Sam Hughes money's been frittered away or it's already been accounted for, but we haven't if it's been put on the playing budget which a lot of people assume there has been an improved one this year it's certainly not been money proved well spent and I think what's disappointing for me is that we're in a situation at the moment where players could get triggered contracts as Marcus said last night and the club won't be in a position to do it uh, Tom Shaw's left it looks pretty much a case of a cost cushion exercise that's disappointing because I don't think the club wants to go back to any of those days which happened with Chester City so I think there's got to be lessons learned from that which you know what it happens at all football clubs you know you have bad years don't you yeah. and sometimes you have to sell players yeah. the Chester FC is a fan owned club or it's a privately owned club it's, there's, there's, that's not too much of a criticism but I think there has to be lessons learned and as Jeff said then it's the, it's the transparency issue I wouldn't want to be one of those guys particularly on, on the board at this moment in time because I bet it, I bet tonight they won't sleep well you know going into that meeting because it's going to be a rough meeting as, as things come out but I think, and the transparency has to start tomorrow because if you share a problem, you can try and begin to solve it, as Jeff said. But I think that's speaking to Chester fans and people who know really well. And I think there's just, they felt like there's been a divide there. Not because they've been holding back information like, oh, this is our football club, we're the board, we're not telling you what's going on. It's just they've not been sharing it. So tomorrow night, if a figure comes out which isn't too good or you know whatever comes out tomorrow night, it'll come as a surprise to people. And I don't think that should particularly be the case as a fan-owned club. I think maybe you you communicate along the way rather than at the end of the year going, bang, we're dropping yeah. this on you. 
I know it. I know it's hard at a football club because you've got to keep things sensitive, you know, commercial things and things like that. But I just don't. I think so. I think you're both spot on. I think it it will be a negative tomorrow, but it could also emerge into a positive. I just think lessons to be learned. But it's still a new club, you know. It's it's, yeah, and yeah. it's, you know, it's yeah. still a new club. You I mean, know. you know, going back when you know the the early years from 2010, they weren't all rosy. No, no, you know, no. You look back not. now, thinking, oh, it was all happy happy in those days but no there was there was challenges then as well mm. you know but you have to overcome the challenges yeah. you know you have to engage the fans you know we we were accused at one point of a lack of communication we try to put it right um you know you always try and improve on what you're doing um and for me at the moment the board needs to be out there um telling people who they are and what they're doing you know because then people will understand all oh, right so i didn't know that job was being done behind the scenes yeah. but yeah. you know yeah the, the, that's what needs to happen communication but also engagement um, we need to get the fans back there needs to be plans put down in place as to how we get the fans back but also with the understanding of how can we raise the money in a short space of time which is yeah. essentially what we're going to need to do I mean we, we, we have called for better communication and more transparency <clears throat> from from ourselves at the Chronicle because we have put, we, we have put questions to the CFU board in the past uh, past month which related to where the club's heading, how difficult are things financially? Because you can see this coming down the tracks and it shouldn't be a case of getting to the meeting and this is a shock to people. The more candid you are, the more people you can get to help solve a problem before it gets to this yeah. point. And you know, and that's that's the way it is. I mean we we always try and engage the CFU and try and be a conduit between, if needs be, the board and the fans. If that that's what we'll be yeah. delighted to do, you yeah. know, but um we all need to be working together. And without better communication, then this is—it's going to be a vicious cycle, which you, you're never going to get off it. You know it. But um, well, you know the board—the the, the club was built on volunteers, and those volunteers are still out there. Yeah, they just need to be re-engaged. Yeah, you know, but and I, people will do their bit. But I actually think the fan base needs to be re-engaged yeah. because, again, at the start it was exciting—new club, mm. new players, everything like that. But you guys, Jeff and Jim and Mark and everyone else on the board, not only sold it to us as a paper, you sold it to us as a fans. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And what is special for me about this football club is that it is fan owned. And I think you need to the club needs to get that back. Yeah. What this that's like a unique selling point almost, isn't it? Yeah. Like, God, we own this club. This is a special club and I think that's what it means. Like not just like and if you engage the fans you get more CFU members, don't you, like you did in the early days. But you probably made a good point earlier. It's that whole thing about on field results, like yeah. No one was too bothered where the early days were posting all stuff like that. So much yeah. more, wasn't it? But, the, yeah. but, but, but you know, back say two thousand and nine, we were fighting against one person, stroke family. Yeah. Now we're fighting amongst ourselves. Yeah. That's the fight, and we need to stop fighting and yeah. work yeah. our way forward. Yeah. You know? but the only way to do that is to be as Honest. candid as possible, isn't it? And yeah. it needs to be yeah. real, open, honesty. I mean, <clears throat> it'll be a difficult, like like you touched on before, Jeff. It's going to be a difficult first half of that meeting with some. And it shouldn't be a complete bear pit. It should be the whole point of this meeting on Thursday is to make is to get be candid, get out there what's going on, and and then by the end of it have some kind of idea of where we're going to move forward and how we're going to change things. Maybe it's the best thing to to happen to the club. Maybe it should have happened beforehand, but it reaches a tipping point for these things, it, doesn't it? It'll, so. it'll be the best thing that's happened to the club if the fans allow it to happen. Yeah. You know, because we, you know, we all look at Diva Chat. You know, that's that's mm-hmm. where I was beyond eight years ago. A lot of people have you know put great ideas on Diva Chat. 
Um, you know, there's a thread that's got about 40 odd questions on it. They can't all be asked tomorrow because we'll be there till next week. Yeah. It needs to be just everything out there from the board and then look at what's happened, as I said before, put a plan in place to put it right, but get everybody back on board as a yeah. football club. You know, we are a community owned, a community football club. But, you know, only the fans can drive it forward. Yeah. I mean, do you think, how, how much do you think, Jeff, that if we do go down, which, you know, as Paul said before, it looks very likely, how much do you think that would affect things? Um, or do you think it'd be a case of, because I mean, the fan base at the moment, we had 1,400 there for the Hartlepool yeah. game last night. There were a fair amount of Hartlepool fans. Um, but do you think it would have a real real effect in it? Or do you think it might might be a case of winning, winning more football matches and being more competitive in the league might actually help? If If that happens... Then yes, that would mm, yeah. help, but there's no guarantee. You know, if if people don't come back to watch the football club through, you know, pulling people back in or you know, people of their own choosing not deciding to go, that's not going to help the club, and we're going to struggle even further. You know, you look at clubs like Altrincham. Mm, you know, they've yeah. not bounced back yeah. straight away. Going down doesn't mean you got a good chance of coming straight back. No. Yeah. Look at football league clubs who drop into the conference. They've not gone back up straight away. It's very rare that that actually happens. Well, so Telford after like two yeah, nail, Telford don't they? After they the yeah. same model, model as ourselves um, yeah. and, some and, years ago. And so. there's eight full-time football clubs in that yeah. in that league. Yeah. You know who who we're probably going to have a budget. You know, based on where we are at the moment, probably you know in the bottom half of that league. Yeah. So what yeah. right have we actually got to think that we're going to come straight back up anyway? Of course. It's all it, it's the fans who have to drive it forward. Um, that's what I mean. We just it comes back to the point of there's nobody else out there. Nobody's got a million pounds to suddenly cover everything, and that would be a, an unsustainable way of running a football club anyway. But we need everybody collectively, you know, to do their bit. Have you had any conversations in terms of people coming to you and ask for your insight in terms of how this can change, as in maybe a bit of advice with working groups and how things can move forward? Yeah, absolutely. You know, I mean, you know, I've been asked lots of questions. I've also had people, you know, messaging me saying. I've gone to the club before and asked, can I do this for the club? And it's been like a wall of silence. Mm-hmm. That should never be the case, yeah, you know? And that comes back to the point, you know, if there is, you know, a change of personnel that's being looked at, then whatever happens with that change, the first thing they need to look at is, right, how do we re-engage those fans? And if, you know, it's a new opportunity or it, it could potentially be a new opportunity for the supporters to put those ideas back to the football club again, because... If the, the ideas are still there and they're very good ideas, then just keep pummeling the club with the ideas yeah. because it's only us that can make it work. Um, well, we've, we've discussed previously about there is a need for someone to the day-to-day run the football club. Obviously, Mike McGuire has been chief executive um, for the past 18 months or so. Um, whether there's going to be changes, I mean, we shall wait and see. But um, when Simon Orenshaw left and there was that kind of it almost lost a figurehead off the board in terms of someone leading that and everything kind of went through Mark Maguire so you're left with this you don't hear from the board and there's a good it's a good kind of nine ten months we just didn't hear from the board wasn't it and that's got to change as well if there is going to be a paid, I mean, a paid role moving forward where someone's doing the day to day running the club fine we'll engage with that as well but there also has to be regular communication to the fans <coughs> from the board not just someone relaying <laughs> like we say, as a conduit between board and fans, yeah. um, because it has to get back back to basics almost in some some elements of that and rediscover what we actually set out to do. Um, and it's going to take a bit of soul searching, I suppose. And 
maybe like I say Jeff you were involved from, from the beginning maybe um, really leaning on those who were heavily involved at the start to find out what worked well what need, what didn't work so well and what we can do to move forward because as things stands if we carry on going the way we're going and don't address too much then we're going to be left in a very very sticky situation come next season um, but what do you think Personally, Paul, we'll, we'll kind of wrap it up in terms of what would you like to see stem from this meeting on Thursday? Just, I, I'm probably going over the same ground, but just a clear financial position of the club. Whether it means cost cutting further now, whether it means going into the reserves that have been saved up over the years, whether it means staying, what it would mean if we stay up this season and the budget for next season. Just give people the clear picture because sometimes. Bad news. If it's bad news, don't try and dress it up. Don't like, flim flam. Just yeah. say what it is. Because I think what I found really dis- not disappointing as such, but it was clear over the weekend. Because I like you go on Diva chat, go on Twitter, go on Facebook. People begin to talk about rumours and stuff like that, and the fans just need to know. So that's first and foremost. You get to that point, and then as as Jess said, rally together because there's been a lot of work put in to get the club to this point, hasn't there? And certainly in the early days, there's so much. Don't throw it away, which I'm sure the fans won't, and I'm sure the club won't. But, yeah, and, and, and as you were saying earlier, I think then for the CFU board, again, I can, can only imagine it's a very tough job, probably look at this as a chance as a clean slate for them as well, if those who stay, those who go. And as you were saying then, in the early days, you had Pat Klosky, you had Steve Ashton, but I do think as a fan-owned club, you want to see, you want to hear from a fan. Mm. Which you were a director, Jeff, but you were a fan first, weren't you? Yeah. And we could speak to you, could speak to Mark Al, could speak to Chris yeah. Bills, we pick up the phone, whatever happened, trouble in the boardroom with Chorley Chairman. Speak yeah. to someone, you know, just little things yeah. like that. Whereas I think I'm talking this from someone who's, who, like, not even as a journalist, I don't see much of that anymore. Like, see what Dave, obviously, Dave deals with Mark Maguire, which is great because that's his role at the club. But I, I think that could help as well. One bit of advice I'd say to those guys is what I'd like to see personally is someone up there as not the front man, but just someone, as you say, is who, it needs to be a vocal presence yeah, on the board, doesn't yeah. it? Someone who's who, who's able to front up some things in terms of being a fan as well and being invested in the whole thing from that aspect. Um, and obviously, if, if it does come out the fact that we're going to have to use some of these reserves, and that's going to be a bit of a sucker punch because. That wasn't what they were built up for, was it? I mean, the aim of that was to... Um, it was never to be meant for covering losses. I mean, the, the idea was to be sustainable moving forward. But, you know, we are where we are and everything will come out in the wash on, on Thursday. And it has to. Otherwise, if, if there isn't candour on Thursday, then we're not going to achieve anything. Um, but for you, Jeff, I mean, to, to finish off, I mean, what, what do you hope will happen and what... Do you think will happen? Do you think they they go hand in hand? <laughs> Possibly not. Um, yeah. But what I what I think will happen, um, a lot of people will be unhappy. Um, I think that's obvious to see right now. Anyway, yeah. um, what hasn't happened, obviously, results on the pitch. You know, ultimately, are what people come to football for to watch the match to see us win. If we're not winning, there's an added reason to. You know, to to have a whinge, and actually, I'm a whinger as well, Christ. Um, but the, you know, what what I hope happens tomorrow night is that it's a hundred percent honest, transparent. I know, I know the cliche words, um, but that has to be the case tomorrow. But I also want, or I also hope, that there's an understanding from people who are listening to what is being told. Um, the understanding that 
yes, there is an issue, but yes, they've got, we have ideas and we need to formulate plans to put things right. I know I've said it before quite a few times today, but um, it's putting it right. It's the way forward that we need to think about, not what's happened. Let's look back at what's happened in the first half of that meeting, but then move on. Second half of that meeting has to be, you know, the way forward, putting the, the club back on the track that we all want it to be on. I mean, it's been a catalogue of, of errors for a, a good good portion of time now, hasn't it? It, it stems back to, to things like, one being the summer, I mean, summer recruitment, I know everyone was delighted with it. I mean, I was pleased with some of the players that were brought in, um, but probably not. <laughs> if we would have known the terms and how how things had changed and how much more money had been spent in terms of how unbalanced the squad was and how unbalanced the budget had been spent on those players was, then it would have been different. But, you know, we are where we are. But one of these things I would personally like to see moving forward is we have a clear, defined strategy in terms of how we recruit players mm-hmm. um, and how we get the most out of a budget. So, travelling from Yorkshire, every, you know... <laughs> Four times a week, you're going to incur. You're going to have to pay extra for some of these players to 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 cope with travel costs, hotel bills. I, I think we should have a, a defined strategy in terms of we we recruit players from a certain radius, really, um, because that's how we're going to manage to eke more money out this budget. And we're going to have to be so savvy. Whoever is in charge next season um, of the football side of things is going to have to be so savvy. And they should also have to work within a framework like that. Mm. As in, we identify certain players, we identify younger players that we bring in. Um, we don't give two-year deals. It's things like that. Things that can't financially ham- make the club hamstrung yeah. moving forward. It has to be almost a... You operate on a year, year-to-year policy in terms of you, your playing staff, and which is very much what yeah. kind of Neil did. You know, it's... Yeah. Um, we had wholesale changes for three every, most summers during those, <laughs> and that's where I come back to. It wasn't always rosy because there was a lot of criticism for yeah, that kind yeah, of scenario. Yeah. But ultimately, you need to have the right players for the league that you're going into. Yeah. You know, um, but you've, as you say, you know, it's it's the tight rein on the finance. That's yeah, required. of course, and you should never be left with uh, looking at one eye next season when you're possibly going to be offered operate on a much lower budget, still having issues with players who are on contracts for a budget which was. Almost, almost double, um, but you know that's that. These things are going to have to be addressed, and but the first thing we've got to do is be open and honest um, tomorrow night, which we we certainly hope we will be, and we'll, we'll get some clarity. And if 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 only that, then we at least have a, a basis to to start moving forward. So thank you very much to Jeff for joining us today, and thanks, Paul. Uh, we'll be back next time to discuss probably the fallout from the meeting and and see what path we are hoping to take forward, uh, and we'll also discuss that the weekend's game against Maidenhead as well. So fingers crossed for three points and we can keep making a fist of it to try and stay in this National League. We're not dead and buried just yet, so it's important that we get behind what goes on on the pitch as well. Um, and we don't just throw in the towel and think this this season's a dead rubber now. Um, there's, there's young lads out there we've got playing for the shirt. and It's important we get behind them and give ourselves the best chance of, of giving ourselves the best chance um, for next season. So, yeah, thanks very much to Jeff and Paul and we thank you for joining us and we'll see you again next time.